Greetings from the Seventh Circle. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Seventh Circle of Film. Our uh, unofficial Christmas episode. If the film half asks their Christmas stuff, we're allowed to do it late as well. Fucking Kelly Clarkson can get away with releasing shit in September to torture me. Then I can release this well, like four days late. 360 days early. That's I'm going to take it. Joining me, as always, what do I fucking go with? Little Serbian cat man, Steph. How you doing, Steph? Uh, I'm... I'm so low on energy right now that I can't even tell you you're an asshole for making me watch this film. Yeah, um, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of like people we talk to whenever they listen to this sort of stuff, they say, oh, they really like it, but um, we need to, you know, if we want to actually get anywhere, we want people to share this shit, we want them to watch it, we need to shorten the episodes, we need to stop rambling like idiots for hours on end. Uh, and we just enjoy this kind of stuff. And we watch films like this, which no one gives a shit about, torture ourselves with, and no one in their right mind will fucking listen to or watch ever again. The way I see this is we're watching the stuff that everyone else has forgotten about. Just so there's some documentation that it did actually exist. And it was shit. So, you're welcome, internet. Yeah, just to convert to everyone, we are doing like the 1940s shit, which you've never heard of, not the 1980 film, that, you know, people would have bothered to watch and listen to because Wait, uh, there was we're a film insane. In 1980s about cat people. Yeah. So this thing has stood the test of time. This has got a legacy has it to it. From what I know, it's got nothing to do with these fucking things, but it, it does exist. I think it's got, um, was it Terence Howard in it? Cat people. It's got someone fairly big in it. 1982. To be fair, Tremors had Kevin people. Bacon and... From the 1940s, we have covered Frankenstein before 1932, uh, which aged a lot better than this did. That film was ten years before this one came out, or was even probably conceptualised. The fact that the one ten years before made more sense is kind of mind-boggling to me. Although this, for, um, we'll get to it, but this somehow still was like, oh yeah, this somehow, bleh, this still somehow got people to fucking watch this shit. Yeah, I mean it was like the war and shit. No one had anything around. <laughs> I looked at the other films in 42. It's a fucking just wasteland of garbage. There are certain ways of ageing badly. uh, And a lot of different films out there that, you know, immediately jump to mind as... With scenes, at least, that are really fucking dodgy. Trading Places, I've watched recently, where Dan Aykroyd blacks up, jumps in. It's still a great fucking film, but that one scene aged really badly, obviously... Little racist. To be fair, it was shit at the time. It wasn't fucking great then. Uh, this has aged badly in a, a, a completely different way that's, in a sense, slightly more innocent in that just some of the language, some of the beliefs, the uh, 
morals put forward are just... I don't know, they're not completely heinous. And I'm sure they made sense back then. Especially for the second film, it's just... So much stuff doesn't make sense. I'm scratching my head wondering whether the director and writer were just fucking weirdos or whether it is just the 1940s pushing through. So much. So many fucking questions. I jump in. Anyway, uh, director Jacques Tournier for Cat People uh, also did I Walk With The Zombie and Night of the Demon. I've not watched any of these. And uh, Steph, I'm guessing... Yeah, I've barely even watched recent films. I have not gone back and watched 1940 shit. You've made me watch these two, and I already hate you for this. I should have made you. <laughs> Classic opening your uh, eyes up to new cinema. Unique experiences. You're going to be one of the few people fucking alive left that have seen these things. Part of a uh, small minority, privileged people, to have watched fucking cat people. To have watched, yeah. I don't get cats have barbed penises, right? Like spine penises. Do they have like spined vaginas? Is that a thing? Like, do they have, or anti spike vaginas? The female cats? To like catch through the barbs? I know it's to get sperm out and everything. I'm just wondering, what's the... How do you fuck a cat? Or a cat person? Um, There's got to be something weird down there, like a cat vagina. Well, she was She can't even... She couldn't even kiss him, let alone fuck him, so... And that would be really awkward sex if they're like, no, 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 can't kiss me. Keep plowing, though. <laughs> God, the ball gag. Let's go a bit fucking beady. So, I mean, that that fucking works. Scratch the guy on the back. You got nuts. She could find some fucking furries out there. She could dominate nowadays. Born in the wrong era, really. Uh, written by DeWitt Bodine, who... Fucking stupid name. Who also helped write Curse the Cat People. Uh, Enchanted Cottage, Seventh Victim. So this film originally... Um, thought up by the producer and the film began as uh, it's generally horror stuff that you find this with, there's not many dramas that hold the same note but um, as a title before premise film, you know, if you think you had you'd, you'd be able to come up with a few Sharknado uh, Velocipasta, the one I've got here which is where Velociraptor's a priest a ginger dead man Wait, is that a real thing? Yeah, yeah, that's a real thing. Velocipasta. Why weren't we watching that? Uh, I really don't now know. Now I'm disappointed He's... twice, Kira. There's like <laughs> some Christmas shit in this. What? He's a pastor. It's had Jesus' birthday in it. Right. It's got a fucking amazing poster. Yeah, these oh. these films, like you, you get the title, they come up with some amazing fucking titles, usually a pun like fucking Velocipasta and then they come up with the premise of the film uh, Cat People isn't even a fucking good title to begin with there's nothing interesting there it doesn't describe shit 
And to have that as the premise and going, fuck me, this title's so amazing. We have to make a film around it. We have to hire someone to come up with the concept. I mean, who... uh, We don't have to look it up, but... Whatever film company were like, right, we're sold on the title of Cat People. Someone who was broke, like, massively, massively broke... Uh, the studio, I can't remember the name, but they did a load of stuff with Orson Welles, like Citizen Kane. Um, uh, there wouldn't have been the third man, but they did a load of uh, Orson Welles films that he directed, wrote, and started, obviously, which fucking broke them just completely. They didn't sell very well, and they, the production value on those things is pretty fucking stellar. Uh, they do still hold up because actual money went into them and thought and effort and they weren't shot in 18 days. Yeah, studio was broke. They were going to go under and the cat people saved them. Which is a travesty of the First Order, really. So now I'm disappointed three times. This, this, This film's got a fucking legacy behind it. This film saved the studio. Christmas Miracle. And the this second one film, the Christmas one. The second film helped to tank him again. So yeah, all balance true. restored in the fucking there universe. There we go. That one was a Christmas miracle. There we go. Uh, cast uh, Simone Simon, who played Irina, uh, French, and considered an incredibly irritating and temperamental actress, like a fucking massive pain in the ass to work with. Didn't actually get into much um, beyond this outside of France, because people fucking hated her. Uh, she was in The Human Beast, uh, Olivia, Ladies in Love, was originally going to be a fashion major for someone bumped into her at a cafe and asked if she wanted a role in a film. Because, you know, if you want to find good actors, that's how you do it. You go to your local cafe, look at some twat and ask them, oh, do you want to be in the fucking film? Yeah, obviously. I mean, I suppose it works for Bang Bus and stuff like that, or, or fake taxi, so I suppose it doesn't really matter. No, I mean, it's not like we have databases full of actors, or lists of, these are the people who've put themselves forward and gone to drama school. It's not like those exist, or ever did exist in the 40s. Theatres didn't exist. And actors, they aren't all in need of fucking work constantly, especially in World War Two. You have to go find random people off the fucking street. She wasn't even that fucking pretty. You're going to grab some idiot who can't fucking act. Grab a drop-dead gorgeous 10 out of 10 at least. Let me fucking wank off to it later. To be fair, probably in their standards back then, it was pro- they, she was probably like top 10 tier bone-down material, if you know what I mean. Whereas, like, you you look look at, like, old paintings of, like, royalty and shit, and they're all fucking huge, and they've got, like, no hair and fucking massive noses, and they're like, that was highly... Uh... Oh, yeah, bizarre royal families fucking drop dead now. Prince hey, Charles, he's a Adonis. Have you seen the Queen? That amazing. The Queen, yeah. Motorboat that all day. Exactly. Have to get down on your, like, your stomach to do it, but 
Drip down to her fucking toes. It'd be the most awkward thing ever. I'm going to fucking stop. I'm going to continue <laughs> through the cast. Yeah, we'll go through the cast. <laughs> Jane Randolph playing Alice. Uh, it was in Albert and Costello beat Frankenstein. That actually is something I've seen. Fuck. Yeah, I've, okay. I've seen that, unfortunately. My mum was like, I I love Albert and Costello, so she wanted That's It's awful. Yeah. Uh, railroaded uh, The Falcon's Brother, which is a show, and T-Men, which has got nothing to do with X-Men or Resident Transgender Evil. Transgender Men? It's in the 1940s, I can't imagine. Yeah, it's probably not then. Unless they've been fucking castigated, like fucking stoned to death. What what bothers me is the next person down on your notes, and it's the last film on their list. And I'm trying oh, to yeah. figure out if that's more offensive. <laughs> no, it's it's um, it's 1940s propaganda, uh, which is what this is to an extent, and we'll get onto that. Uh, yeah, Kent Smith plays uh, Oliver Reed, not related to the actor who played. Bill Sykes in Oliver, uh, who was also in Comanche, which is probably more racist than the last film in his list. Uh, Nora Pre- Prentice, and a film called Hitler's Children, yeah. which I'm I'm going to go on a limb and assume it's like a propaganda thing, anti-Hitler. And not just like some. Have not you ever pro Hitler? Have you ever seen the uh, the old like Gene Wilder film, The Producers, where they they were trying to find like the worst script that ever existed so they can bomb on opening night for uh, theatre chain, and they find a script called Springtime for Hitler from some ex German Nazi. Nope. It's it's like Hitler's holiday. <laughs> It's, it's absolutely great. It can't be that. There's no way that'd be allowed. Oh, yeah, and uh, finishing off the cast, uh, British guy, uh, Dr. Lewis, who's played by Tom Conway. Typecast as a psychiatrist, from what I can tell. He's been in a load of shit, just all psychiatry, all doctor stuff. Uh, Falcon's brother as well. Uh, also in The Seventh Victim, and uh, Voodoo Woman, which is also probably aged worse than Hitler's Children. Uh, budget box office-wise, it was shot for $141,000. Adjusted, that's roughly uh, 2680212 I said roughly, it's fucking... Yeah, it's exactly that. <laughs> and ended up making 8 million in uh, box office sales with 750,000 in DVD sales later on over an 18 day shoot which uh, is pretty impressive if World War 2 era you tended to have uh, quite fast shoot times to get them nice and done out of the way and quite cheap as well because obviously money wasn't brilliant America only really boomed uh, a few years on no it may be because I'm tired, but I've only just figured it out. But this film was shot in the 40s, so there's yeah. no DVDs. So someone... Oh, v- I mean, the fact, v- VHS shit is what I mean. Like, oh, fucking, like, okay. yeah, tape DVDs, fuck. It no. was released later, though. Uh, Curse the Cat People was re-released in the UK in 1999. 
So there was probably some twats that were like, let's put this on a laser disc. This will be great. People will buy that shit. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, fucking everything gets a Blu-ray release now. It's hipsters. Hipsters buy this crap. Collections sitting on some shelf somewhere gathering dust that they get out occasionally to try to impress other hipster women. You're not getting laid with Curse of the Fucking Cat, people. Stop buying it. Uh, yeah, yeah. film created studios in near financial ruin. A uh, load of the set pieces were actually taken, in particular from different Orson Welles films. Uh, a lot of the big like high-rise flats in the first film. The stair scene. A lot of the, the... Basically anything that looks like it cost money was taken from one of Orson Welles' films. Uh, there's an uncut prologue which shows the cat people killing Nazis. Which, yeah... It was written in that before like this all kicks off, uh, a load of cat people were sitting in the village in Serbia. Nazis started coming through. They turned into cats and fucking killed the Nazis, which would have been great. Why are they fucking cut that budget and shit they and consistency? I mean, they were fucking pathetic, the cat people. So they'd have been shot and slaughtered. I don't know how a load of tiny little cats would have taken... I could fucking take these cats... Uh, oh yeah, the film was such a hit, the cat people, that further movies, including ones from this same director, were delayed going to the theatre because people were going to this so consistently. Critically, it was uh, pretty raved about. It panned at the start and then people fucking went nuts for it. This is uh, the pinnacle of 1942's cinema. I like that one sink. I'm just going to let that one sink in for everyone. If you do want to watch the film... Uh, good people over at archive.com, lovely team there, have saved it, keeping films alive that would otherwise be lost to time. Well done them. Otherwise, BBC iPlayer kept it around. US, I've got no fucking idea. I think it's something like £50 by DVD. Have you got a hipster friend that collects the shit? Or you could listen to this episode of us shitting on it and you don't need to watch it. Yeah, we'll give you a a picture (laughs) through our confusion. Just absolute balls to the walls, unending confusion. Starting uh, with our protagonist, Irina, who is being uh, flirted with. So Irina and... Do, do, do. I'm going to have to look back. Kent. No, uh, Oliver, yeah. Irina and Oliver, they get married at about the 20 minute mark, roughly, in the film. Yeah, about that. You don't see the wedding and shit, you just see the really, really pathetic after party. Yeah, they where... have their reception in like a very small restaurant yeah, where they've got like a twat table with 10 people sitting around it yeah where Oliver and his four fucking friends they managed to scrounge up the pathetic bastard sit around a table where uh, I mean like, not even his fucking mother came along or his dad it's just a bit I don't know sad in a way and well, half he the... said that he enjoys work so I assume he is very very fucking sad and lonely it's just his workmates that yeah I mean it was it was Alice and I think or a few other it guys. Was, I think yeah. it was literally just his workmate. Is that just 1940s, or is that just this sad guy with no fucking life outside of... That That question's going to come up a lot 
during this, whether it's uh, an actual like cultural thing, 1940s piercing through, or whether so the writers are just insane. There's, there's a lot of fucking stuff in this. Uh, yeah, he flirts with Irina to begin with by telling her not to let her. He like quotes a fucking thing, like let no one say and say it to your shame. It was beautiful here until you fucking came along and ruined it, you prick. <laughs> Paraphrased. Yeah, nice fucking pickup line. Like that would work on any girl. Irina's um, drawing pictures of cats being impaled to, to be death. fair. It is it is the 1940s, so I'm pretty sure if you walked up to a woman back then and slapped her on the ass and go, you're right, toots, I'm pretty sure that would be a decent pickup line back then. So, With the rest of the flying, it can't be this fucking bad. Like walking along with Irene, <laughs> asking if he can write her a letter, and he goes on this bizarre monologue about what he'd write in the letter. Obviously, euphemisms uh, for... Know, taking her out on a date, just skirting around the question, which is the most pathetic thing I've ever heard in my life. Just say you want to fucking date her. It's one thing to like euthanise, jump around, I want to fuck you, I want to have sex with you, and go on Netflix and chill, all that crap. I can't stand that, to be honest. So I cut through it. Everyone knows what you're talking about, but to euthanise, I want to take you out on a date, it's such a pathetic thing to do. If that scares you, oh yeah, the uh, the apartment of the girl is also gigantic, which makes no sense. Well, I, I know it's American, nineteen forties, but this girl has just moved here from a village in the middle of fucking Serbia. She's got no real family. Isn't she working as like a? a anyway, how much are they paid? Uh... Unless you're top of the top. Can't be much during World War Two. What fashion advice are you giving? I don't know, but why would you go to the zoo to be like, "Yep, fuck it." And this is post Great Depression. How much can they really be paying some fashion major? These are fashion tips of the week, folks. Fucking scrounge together some curtains to make trousers because we can't afford clothing anymore. How were they paying her for this apartment, Irina? that's possibly the most red flags of any woman I've ever seen in my life, I hate that phrase but I think it's applicable here that's some of the most red flags of any woman I've ever seen in my life uh, you should run, run from her and never yeah. talk to her again like never even acknowledge her existence again, obviously it doesn't end well for him but start off with the fact that she's drawing pictures of impaled animals which is really weird uh, little things like saying, I like the dark, it's friendly. Being within earshot of roaring lions and saying, oh, I love it, it's uh, like nature. What did he see in her, exactly? See, we, we've we've dealt with this issue before, because uh, in, the, in the mummy 1930s version... There was this creepy amount of like instant fawn in love kind of I'm gonna watch you sleep sort of creepiness going on. And I don't know if that's like or that was endearing back in the day or if it's still endearing. If someone watches me sleep, I'm calling the cops. Whether I know you 
I'd argue it was worse in this. Like, at least in The Mummy, it was just unexplained. It was yeah. creepy people instantly in th- falling in love. In this, they, they talk and... Yeah, in this, like, she invites him back up to her apartment after continually be like, no, we're not going to date. She invites him up to her, impart- her apartment. She falls to sleep on the couch. He sits there and watches her instead of, like, going, I'm going to put a blanket on her and go. He watches her sleep, lets the lights like flicker out the candles and whatnot, and then just watches her in the dark. I mean, that's a fucking rape case waiting to happen. Exactly. But whatever romance isn't dead, I suppose. I should iterate that they met this day. Yeah, they like, met is... at the zoo. And then she let him back to her apartment immediately. He's the only person he knows in the country. Don't do this. Ever. Yeah. Uh, and another quick thing. I know it's like it, uh, you've probably got it written down at some point, but um, they literally they're like uh, maybe it's a third scene where they're together, and he's like, you know, I love you, right? And it's like Jesus Christ. I don't even think you've been on a date yet. Yeah, like, love, fucking learn, know the woman. It's not even like he's had sex with her or kissed her or anything like that. He's not done any of that. He doesn't know anything about her. They've not done anything together. What do you love about this girl? Is she that attractive? Is she that drop-dead gorgeous? Fucking Scarlett Johansson could go for all this shit with me. I wouldn't love her. Okay, now you're stepping over the line, mate, because... There's a lot of things that I would do for Scarlett Johansson, alright? If I hadn't done anything physical with her and hadn't gone on a date <laughs> with the fucking woman during all doesn't this... doesn't matter if... Just she's the there, promise, like, a, a nice just on painting the promise of doing the something corner. with Scarlett Johansson, I'd be like, do you want me to murder this man? <laughs> I don't love the fucking Mona Lisa either. Because that's what... That's all this girl is at this point, just something pretty to look at. I don't love the birth of Venus. Just a painting on a fucking wall. He's not done anything with her. They get married before they've had a fucking kiss. Yeah. How does that work? Because I'm pretty sure they say you can now kiss the bride. Does she go, no, 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 no. But that's... You know what? Yeah, that's why they don't show it, clearly. That... That would have been so fucking awkward. This guy's getting Imagine you're you're one of the ten people standing there at this wedding. (laughs) And then they're like, okay, uh, do you take blah blah for your lovely wedded husband? Yes, I do. You may now kiss the bride. No. And you know what my assumption would be? Some girl comes in from Serbia, an immigrant, finds some rich guy who's an engineer, goes to marry him, doesn't even want to kiss him. I mean, my mind immediately goes to, this is a fucking gold digger that's going for a green card marriage. Yeah. She's trying to emigrate here. She's after your money, mate. Fucking run. Uh, so, yeah, with this, he falls like deeply in love with her immediately. There's just one phrase as well. Um, he, he loves his work, goes to work, where he meets Alice and everything like that. This is just one point of conversation where they say, oh, you, you're going to go out with her. You've you found a girl, have you? Because he buys her a cat after knowing her for a day, which is a dick move. Never buy someone a pet without telling them about it. 
Especially like a cat in America. You're not even allowed to let him out. It's going to be a nightmare. You never buy anyone a pet. Yeah, she, he, uh, they ask him, like, have you got a girlfriend? Have you got a girl then? And he responds with, no, I've not got a girlfriend. I've got a girl. Which, when you explicitly say, I've not got a girlfriend, I've got a girl, that immediately to me goes, he's found a six-year-old that he's buying a cat for, and everyone needs to call the police. I don't know if I'm just being pedantic here, or if the second film kind of got to me while I was retaking notes. See, back then, I would have been like, okay, yeah, that sounds very creepy. But nowadays, it's like, yeah, yeah, like, I've got a girl. Like, yeah, it it's one thing to now. say I've got a girl, and that that's perfectly fine. But when you explicitly say I've not got a girlfriend, I've got a girl, it's that yeah. Yeah, clause it, there. Yeah, I suppose if you said that nowadays, it would be like you don't have a girlfriend, but you have a girlfriend. Is basically what he's just said. Yeah, but yeah, when now, yeah, now that I'm actually thinking about it. Yeah, that's a bit creepy. I I, it's a little thing, that. but yeah. I, I literally, I didn't read that much into it because I was literally like, okay, this is going to be shit. I'm going to do other things while I watch. I'm reading way too far into it, <laughs> examining the language and lexicon of 1940s weirdos. But yeah, it just struck out to me. I mean, the, the bigger fucking problem is he's bought a cat for a girl that he's not even dated once. What a prick. Yeah, he's bought a kitten and he's put it into a tiny fucking box that's probably too small for a kitten. And he's brought it to work and he's like, yeah, yeah, I've got a fucking cat for this girl that likes, well, she was talking about some king killing cats and I thought, hey, I'm going to get her a cat. That's got to be some, like, racist statement, hasn't it, for the cat people? Yeah. Just take it to a house. Don't kill this one. That's, that's some, like, crossing some cultural line somewhere. Either a cat or a bird, what are the two is going to be? Or a dog? Mm. Like, you you are playing with fucking fire, buying one of those three things. Or a, a mouse, I suppose. That's probably worse. Yeah, I mean, the cat goes fucking mental when it's put into the apartment, which is why you don't buy anyone a cat. One, it's a load of work. They don't want to have to deal with that shit. And for two, you, you don't know if they like cats. She could be allergic to cats. If anyone wants to get me a cat, I'd fucking love it because I love cats. That was my just chime in for that. No. She fucking doesn't. She tries to exchange the cat for a bird. Um, uh, and red flag number fucking four... All the animals go mental when she steps in the store because she's a devil woman. Yeah, I I don't see how he hasn't connected the dots at this point. Like, his the cat freaked out when he literally put the cat near her. As soon as she walks into the pet store, everything fucking freaks out, and she's like, "I'm gonna wait outside," and then everything dies down. But like, mm, maybe a pet isn't a good idea. Let's just get her a coat rack. No, not even that. Like, if I take a girl into a zoo or into a pet store and all the animals stare at her and start screaming at her, I'm not going to date her. She's clearly the son of Satan. Mate, daughter of Satan. I probably would, just because I'd be like, uh, 
yeah, so you're going to come meet my family, but we're all going to go to the zoo. And then I'd be like, Mum, Dad, watch this. <laughs> no, she's the, the only fucking place she's coming with me is like a church, a consecrated ground, to meet a priest, to be expunged, executed. If all animals hate her, she's got to have a miserable day like walking around with pigeons just running away from her. Yeah, but they well, they'll never shit on her head. You just she walks into a building, all the rats fucking skirt out, charge away. I, I fucking wouldn't it be terrifying? I'd never be shot on by a pigeon. I'd just stand next to her. I'd be fine. Uh, rats, rats are fucking shit anyway. So get them out of my house. That's number two. Uh, clearly, three. some evil being that. No one wants anything to do with. Like a match made in heaven, then, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the marriage as well. I thought the marriage is fucking pathetic after party with five people who haven't met her because they've been dating for like a day, two days. Yeah, yeah. I think they've gone on a single date. He's told her that he loves her and he's like, fuck it, ring on that finger now. It's like a Skyrim marriage. Yeah. Where they just turn up with an amulet and like, oh, I see you, you're looking to get married. Fuck it, here you go. Off point tangent with Skyrim there, that is the most pathetic thing ever, having to go around with an amulet to say I'm available, ladies. That is so sad. Yeah. What what age do you do you think you can get away with that? Like, is it creepy if like a 12-year-old goes around with that fucking thing? Don't know. I think, well, yeah, that would be really fucking. Yeah, anyway, that, that that's creepy. Yeah, twelve year old going around with it. When is it pathetic? Like a fifty year old still wearing one. When's it cross that line into just this is sad now? Yeah, you... I'm thinking like fifty to sixty. It's kind of like maybe you should you know think about writing a will or something. <laughs> You've got no one to leave it to. But... For anyone who hasn't played Skyrim, just a bit of context. Um, it's an amulet of Mara, I think. Yeah. Yeah, the love goddess. Basically, in that game, you can get married, um, and it's, it's the worst video game romance ever. I mean, they're all pretty pathetic, but this is taking the cake. Where you find like a strong warrior, you put on a little amulet, go up to them. They say, interested in me, and then you go, yes, let's get married now. Yeah, it's kind of like, oh, you beat me in a fist fight. Well, yeah. <laughs> that that the fucking is one. To be fair, several yeah. people in this game. Or oh, you hired me as a mercenary. Oh, you've took my drugs down to this place. Want to get married? I do wish it was that easy sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> but people take the piss out of games like Mass Effect, where you press Paragon. Let's fuck. This is Skyrim's so much worse. And you and don't even fuck. <laughs> Well, no, they <clears throat> go from warriors of massive caliber changing the world to uh, owning a store yeah. and baking you apple pie. The 50s all fucking over again. But yeah, it, pretty much this. Cat people on the same level there. We've gone on a few tangents already. Maybe we should fucking stick to a script. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Uh, fucking red flag number five, then. She's hissed at by other cat people. Oh, yeah. Some weird the, cat 
woman. Yeah, she does look like a cat, to be fair, to the casting director. You did a good job. You found some woman who looks fucking weird. <laughs> oh, that's that's a good comment there for you. Um, but yeah, so they're all standing at their like wedding reception. I'd put heavy that's, around that. Yeah, that's giving it a lot of fucking generosity there. And it's... it's uh, just some woman just starts staring at the main lady, I've forgotten her fucking name, Irina, there we go, um, and comes up to the guests, wait until they all stop speaking and look at her, and then go, like, she says sister in uh, I should Serbian probably know this. Something. Yeah, I'm going to go with Serbian. Yeah. I think that's what they're insinuating it's it's from. Um, So she says sister in Serbian, which sounds an awful lot like sister. And then everyone's looking at her, Irina, like, what did she say? Like, it sounded like sister. I'm pretty sure you could fucking think for a second and be like, oh, she said sister. Are you two related? No, there's just a myth about cat people. It's a bit of a weird thing to do to weird. look at someone and go sister and then walk. I don't, I don't. When you went to America and you saw a British person, you just go up to them, brother, and walk off. To be fair, I am slightly brown skinned, so I went to Texas and I went there thinking everyone was going to lynch me. I was very much mistaken. They're progressive but, people, Texans. Yeah, they've got they got their shit together. But I didn't see another a single British person there. So, would you do that? Would you like if you've gone holiday somewhere? Would you like hear a I, British I, accent? I, you go, Brother. I go on holiday to get away from fucking English people. So, she was hostile. No, she wasn't exactly happily doing it. I don't know why she was hostile. What she had? A, oh, I suppose she was going to kill the guy, wasn't she? She's getting married now. That's that's fair. Yeah, maybe she was like. Oh, you must have kissed him then, you fucking hussy. Well, she could have blamed the guy at least. Don't go out with this girl. She'll kill you. Not exactly doing yourself any favours, lady. I wouldn't even mind, but she doesn't turn up again. She just no, says no. sister and then fucks off and then waits to the second film to turn back up. She just... She's, the, she fucking, she's the fucking daughter of that fucking crazy woman. That oh, fucking hell. Six, talking about oh. fucking... I didn't realise that. The the woman who said that her daughter went missing and this wasn't a daughter. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was just crazy. Oh, she, yeah, the was... old woman's crazy, but she was her actual daughter. Oh, she wasn't... Okay, stunning. Yeah, she's just fucking batshit. Okay, I, I didn't fucking realise that. Well, she didn't turn into a cat at any point during either of the two films. Why well, didn't connect them? From what little understanding I could gather from these films is, as soon as they turned six years old or twelve, I can't remember. It was as soon as they turned to a certain age, they start becoming cat people. They're no longer humans; they're cat people. So, and then that's when they get the the like if you kiss per- a person, they get cursed and you have to tear them to fucking pieces. Whatever. Um, but, so they're, they're basically D&D sea hags. Just yeah. with a bit more of a vicious streak. So that's why I think the old woman was like, 
you, my daughter died when she was like twelve or whatever the fuck she was saying. Because technically, well, wouldn't she be a cat person? Yeah, that's that's what I don't understand. If if her daughter's a cat person, did she fuck a cat, or did she like? Is she just a normal person and her father was a cat person? But how does that work? Because so far, cat people are have only been women. Yeah. I don't mind being men. There are only two cat people we see yeah. in defence. And they have to fuck somehow. I suppose they don't kiss. They just take it from behind or something doggy style. Ironic yeah, being like, cat they people. They do it like actual cats where they uh, they just like grab onto the scruff of the neck and <laughs> like hiss at each other. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't have given to see that mating ritual. <laughs> Put but I wouldn't have given to see like film. him looking at her. Is this a cultural thing? Yeah. As she just grabs onto his neck, hissing at him, biting his ear. Uh, yeah. Talking about the relationship between these two weirdos, red flag number what, six? Where she says, and I quote directly, I want to be Mrs. Reed. I have all this evil in me. Again, run. I mean, you've married her. You, you fuck now, but run. Anyone who says I've got evil in me, don't speak to that person again. They're either an edgelord that doesn't need the time of day, or a psychopath, or insane, or all fucking free. And she's she has like animals scream at her. She actually is evil. Just run. Yeah, he get he get he takes the cat back and gets her a fucking like budgie. Yeah, exchange. <laughs> the butcher and dies she, in her hands. Yeah, she she does the whole fucking like mimicking a cat thing where she like looks in at the cage and she's like, "I did, I did see a puddy cat," and then fucking sticks a hand in and then like the butcher has a heart chases, attack. Yeah, chases it around the cage with her hand for about half a second, and then it's just a close up of a dead budgie. <laughs> Which is like, alright, taking this to the fucking zoo and throwing it at a panther then. <laughs> I suppose they don't explicitly say how much time has passed during any of this. It doesn't feel like that long. Yeah, uh, it doesn't feel like that long, but maybe they're like, a year has passed. I hope, because otherwise like this guy's reaction to just saying, oh, don't mourn the bird, it just died. Yeah. I would be more. How the fuck did you kill this bird? What did you do to this bird? You had it for what feels like five days to me. Yeah, you shouldn't be this attached to a bird after five days. It's not even that. Just what did you do to kill this bird? Yeah, but also, it was a fresh, brand new bird. How the fuck did you kill it in five days? What is it? Look, if fucking you didn't terrified. feed it, it, Why it survive for a week. Why is it? <laughs> Beak open, why is it screaming? What the hell did you do? Yeah, well, she's evil. She's absolutely just evil. Uh, and talking about other people in the film, other actors, the uh, guy at the zoo in the worst secured zoo of all time. It's actually terrifying. Yeah, it, it's fucking horrifying that he put he's left the key inside of a panther cage. And then when the woman was like, hey, dickhead, you've left the key in here. He's like, ah, no worries. No one would let these fuckers out anyway. 
Like, are you fucking? There's stupid people everywhere. There'd be like some TikTok challenge, TikTok yeah. influencer prick like, who would do let that. Let me take a fucking a, selfie yeah. up close with this fucking panther. What's he? I suppose it'd take a while to get the fucking picture out with the the old timey cameras. Like get behind the curtains, he probably wouldn't notice to be honest, because yeah. he is the most useless person around. Put, put the fucking phosphorus on that fucking tea stick thing, and then fucking leave that out. Need to take the lens cap off. Get him mauled to death, or probably <laughs> having been mauled to death. He's in about three scenes through it, um, and he's singing a song with the lyrics something along the line of "I've got nothing to do, I've got nothing better to do," and a man singing that throughout his life is just really depressing like singing it once fair enough it's a bit of a tune to be but fair, if you're singing he, that he is the consistently out, yeah that's, that's a man has to literally pick up shit for a living <laughs> that's a man who's just on the edge and about to hang himself that's a man who is about to jump into the fucking panther cage yeah and kill that's him. a man that would open the panther cage himself just to be like oh fucking need to end this shit i mean it does make me think that he, he does know that someone's going to open it and doesn't give a fuck anymore yeah he's just hoping he's the first one at the cage <laughs> it's why he hangs around the panthers he's not even fucking assigned to that area yeah he just hopes that, someone does he's it he's not actually a cleaner he just turns up on the weekend and just pushes around a trolley <laughs> Uh, even later, like the psychologist goes on this bizarre rant about human need to create evil in the world and unleash panthers and die, which isn't a thing. It's, yeah. it's utter nonsense the because whole, he stalks her to the zoo. The whole fucking psychiatrist thing, like, psychiatry is a good thing if, if uh, there's no fucking problems if you need psychiatrist need a psychiatrist go get one fucking fine but don't get one that's shit like this guy because he was like yeah he was like i'm gonna do some sleep therapy on you and then uh you'll disappear because you're clearly you clearly know that i'm fucking perv and i'm a married woman yeah don't like getting kissed how about you kiss me girl like yeah in the slip of the tongue. I thought um, it should be a law somewhere. I, he probably did something while she was in sleep therapy. This woman has yeah. way too much trust. Maybe I'm just cynical. I no, don't know. I, I'm in the exact same fucking way, mate. Don't worry. But yeah, just that. To be fair, a lot of the people in this film were fucking weird as shit. Again, that might be the statement of the time, but I don't want like some eighty-year-old person to come up to me like, "I was born in the fucking forties, you can't." What was it? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm taking it on for datum that it's a combination of the two. That it's partially a cultural thing and partially just written terribly. I hope so. Otherwise, people from the forties get fucking help or just die off now, please. So I don't have to hear more about fucking sleep psychiatry or perving on cat women I don't want to listen to these bizarre fucking <laughs> I'm just reading through and stuff that I'm remembering now after having done it that confused me then yeah uh, 
Come so back in fucking droves. So what seems maybe a week after they've got married, the husband goes into work and everyone's like, "You seem upset. What's going on?" And he's like, "I've never been unhappy. I've always been a happy man." Which like, what a twat. I... Yeah, like, what a fucking prick. Like. Uh, Especially like during, I've never been unhappy. I've never had to worry about anything in my life. Oh, sorry. What? What is it? It's World War Two at the moment. Yeah. And what was it? Just it was the Great Depression. Yeah. It's like I've, I've always been happy. I've always had like fucking. I've had a good job, you know, and fucking this, that, and the other. And then he's like, as soon as I got married, though, I was unhappy. Privileged prick. Because I couldn't get my dick away. You don't marry random Serbian women in zoos that you've only yeah, known for a day. I'm freaking out that she's got a curse that you can't even kiss her. So that many reasons like, not to marry this fucking girl. Like, maybe that woman at work that's actually, that seems to be into me is a, what's a bit of the pee. He is to blame through the entirety of this thing. That woman at work has got to be so sad that she lost the race <laughs> to... Yeah, a random fucking, Serbian woman. Some fucking crazy Serbian woman, yeah. That's got fucking cats and budgies and everything running away from the fuck. Gotta be an ego punch. Yeah. And then this dude's like, ah, oh, fuck it, I guess I'll go for the second best then. Yeah, I, so much for having all the patience in the fucking world for your wife, mate. It's about a week and a half when he gives up. Yeah. Feels like... Pretty much goes, ah, fuck it. She's interested. I'm going to just go on a couple of dates with her. And... I don't know if it's just, did she want to, did he want to get in her pants and thought it was a whole, like, oh, we got to be married before she'll fuck me. Gets married to her and she still won't fuck him. <laughs> I'd assume so. Because that, that, that's the only reason that I could think of why that turnaround was so very fucking quick. So let's get married, girl. Get here, doll. We'll have some old-timey missionary where only one of us will climax. <laughs> and it'll be me. <laughs> and uh, after yeah, I'm he... done, you can go make me a sandwich. Starts gossiping away to his workmates that his wife's crazy, which is also a dick move. Yeah. He, he looks like bizarre day when the girl he's cheating on his wife with says, oh, I recommend the psychiatrist and know all your deep, dark secrets, you crazy bitch. And then I really gets angry, and he thinks, "Why? Why did that happen? Women, the crazy creatures from Venus and all that. No, you're just a prick, mate." Yeah, uh, he does cheat on her remarkably quickly. Yeah, it's just nothing really passes. So I think he just want to get his dick wet. Hasn't done anything else. Hasn't been with anyone fucking else for his life. I did a few little quirks here and there through the rest of it. Uh, it's basically from this point on, Irene is stalking Alice and uh, Oliver. Yeah. It's basically like, oh, they coincidentally met at the the cafe right around the corner from their work after they finished at like 10pm. Irina figures that they're doing something dodgy, so she'll go to the cafe as well. Like... She sees them part with a handshake. No one who's cheating on you is parting with a fucking handshake, love. No one. No one goes, let's have sex and handshakes away. One night stand. Yes, that was that was very good. Thank you, good sir. Let me shake your hand. And congratulations. No one does this. 
But even in the 40s, did people who were fucking shake hands. You're fine. He's not sleeping with her. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, she walks home alone. Oliver comments, asks her if he can go with her. And she says, I'm a big girl. Clearly not Oliver's type, the creep. So she walks off alone. This this one scene in the film, I, I give praises where I can. You know, I'm not unfair to these things. And when I see a scene I like, I will point it out. And this is okay. Uh, this has good lighting. She walks across the street. Uh, Irina follows her in fucking cat form. But there's, there's nice use of shadows here. It's a little bit creepy. And if it weren't for the bus just coming in randomly at the end, if they'd have kind of just left it and should have managed to walk home, it'd have been quite a nice little setup. It's certainly better than the pool scene later. Yeah, I, I genuinely forgot about this scene, to be fair. Um, it's forgettable. It doesn't really come to anything. Uh, it's just quite nice. Apparently, this is one of the first jump scares ever put in. Uh, so, well done for progressing forward. I suppose it's nice and cheap. Yeah, uh, if you want some tiny little horror scene that decently well done, this is fucking it. And the, the third, it basically is just the third man with uh, where you know what? No, I won't spoil the third man. I know it's like the fucking forties, but it's a great film. I'm not gonna jump that out. But yeah, there's a scene in that that is very reminiscent of culminates through and that kind of like Nosferatu as well walking down the steps it, the use of shadow there is really nice um, it's on like a cobbled road with a bridge in this and she walks under it you know no one's following her it, it's just quite fun quite nice uh, use of sound as well quite well done generally through it uh, very distinct very staccato-y as you get in a lot of these old films, it doesn't really meld into the soundtrack. It's just very uh, guttural throughout all of it. You can hear every sound that goes off. But yeah, on to the plot. Irina eats a sheep. I don't know. I, I didn't see this bit, to be fair. like uh, It's I... like offhand comment. Like You just see a farmer, a free dead sheep. And then, uh, quite a nice thing actually, you see like cat paws that slowly turn into human feet shape you know like walking away in the mud but I, uh, why are you eating sheep don't eat sheep you don't need to eat sheep you've got your own mind when you're a cat don't eat sheep he gave uh, away a perfect good budgie to a panther earlier yeah but she's, she's running away from <laughs> she's running away from the farm and the police are being called in, and then a taxi driver pops up out of fucking nowhere and asks her if she wants to get in. Uh, uh, Ron? God, is way too fucking trusting. To be fair, she just killed three sheep. I think she could handle the taxi driver. <laughs> yeah. What taxi driver just like... If, if I got in a taxi, pulled in front of girls walking on their own in the dark at night and said, do you want to get in? I'll take you where you need to go. I'm getting pepper sprayed. Rightly so. <laughs> that that guy is going to kidnap you. You're going to end up on the news in about four days. We're going to find your body that's been dismembered and fucked. In that order. Yeah, in exactly that order. <laughs> uh, King John Cat dream sequence. 
which actually kind of reminded me of the Exorcist 2 dream sequence to pick on another um, masterpiece of cinema. The one with the locust, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Where they get some poor actor to go into a cat costume or locust costume, in James L. Jones' case, and uh, say stuff over and over again. It's it's just pointless and a bit weird. I feel like they could have done a better job showing that she was insane, or they could have just left it and said, yeah, she is insane. Yeah, I genuinely don't remember this dream sequence bit. The only part that I remember, and I assume it's part of the dream sequence, is some dude dressed in, like, chain mail, (laughs) and he has, like, a tabard on. Yeah, Yeah. that's the one. Yeah. That. I don't remember any part... Any other part of the dream sequence? I just that is pretty that much it. it it's that. that, then it transitions to a key. A key. Yeah, a key. Because it's like get the key for the panther cage and let loose. Well, not even like, like <laughs> let fucking loose, loose the apocalypse. <laughs> let loose the apocalypse. The panther that will kill you and get fucking run over. The most pathetic panther ever. They could have at least killed the poor twat who was sitting around wanting to die. What a poor guy, depressed, singing to himself, hoping he gets killed by the panther, and he's not there when he comes <laughs> out. Oh, that would be fucking great. He just like there's a there's like a Marvel post credit scene, <laughs> and it's him reading the newspaper, going, "Fucking bitch." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's putting so much work. Do you think he does that with other animals? He like he's slowly. Slowly transitions his well, way down, think, tries think, it with I the chimps. I think he'll probably get fired from this zoo because he left the key with some random woman. That's a fair point. So yeah. he'll probably go to another, uh, go to another zoo and do it with gorillas instead. Or Poor fucking guy. Hugely depressed. Got a dead end job. He's gonna lose that <laughs> because of her. And he's gonna lose that as well because of this fucking. Bitch. This is this is the story you should have gone on. Cat people torturing this one poor fucking. Oh, we want to know his story. Uh, Yeah, I mean, with the romance, because this is a romance film, obviously, uh, Oliver's going round with his wife to look at stuff at the museum, and Alice going round as well. And Oliver sends his wife off to go look at stuff while he and Alice look at paintings together. look at paintings of boats. (laughs) Jesus Christ. If you're going to cheat on someone, have the dignity to do it. Yeah, he might as well just be like... Sussly. Hey, Alice, I'd like to visit your poop deck. Irina, can you hold this condom for me and Alice? <laughs> can you put the condom on for me while I insert myself into her? You can at least, like, give her something. Don't fucking do this. Go behind well, her back. He tried to give her a fucking budgie, but she killed that. The respect, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this, this all culminates through with Alice being stalked further. She's in a swimming pool. I don't know where. It's a yeah. hotel near her work. And they just let her into the fucking bottom floor swimming pool whenever, right at night. Yeah. So uh, this is a bit convoluted. So you have to bear with me. And I, I've watched it a few times to get precisely what happened. So I was really confused through this, just utterly bewildered. So she, uh, first thing, she goes downstairs and there's a cat running around in the swimming pool for some reason, the changing rooms. She then 
starts to get undressed to get ready to swim. And then uh, Irina, as a cat person, starts coming down to attack her. Like, growls and shit. You see the silhouette. And her strategy to deal with the panther that's coming to kill her, or the cat person, because she, she does believe it's a cat person, her strategy for this is to go and jump into a pool while half-naked. Yeah. And not, like, run. You know, we all know that cats and people can't swim, Kieran. I just it's admit, a if logical it me, explanation. I, I don't know, even if I lock myself in the bathroom. To be fair... Uh, run onto the other side of the pool. The last thing I would do is hamper my movement okay. severely by jumping into a body of water. So apparently I keep going back to the mummies, the mummy films. Yeah. But in the Brendan Fraser one, yeah, Brendan Fraser one, um, he picks up a cat to scare off fuckface in that. Could you do that? Could you do that with a cat person? Yeah, is the cat person afraid of cats or just just animals afraid of the cat people? Well, she fucking heart attacked the budgie to death. To be fair, she got rid of the kitten, so it might actually... Yeah, that might do it. That sent it away almost immediately. Uh, water doesn't fucking work. A cat can... Panthers can swim. Like, not all cats are like water, sure, but if it's a killer cat coming to fucking ruin your day... That... Yeah, one that's coming to kill personal, you, not ruin your day. One yeah, that, that has a personal vendetta against you and wants some kind of vengeance against you specifically. I think I'd be like, um, I don't think I need to swim today. Uh, yeah, the small body of water ain't gonna save you, love. I'd, yeah. I'd say run, at least hit it with a handbag, do something. Beyond this, but yeah, she uh, starts screaming. Obviously, she's about to be killed by a cat person, and I just love, like, she's screaming for a good six, ten seconds, like a prolonged thing. Obviously, rightly so. And then the staff run in, say, "What was it? What was it?" And Irene has now turned back into a human. Uh, she has to then explain to the staff that she was terrified because she saw uh, Irina standing around, and she screamed for like ten solid seconds because she saw Irina, which at best. If be a startled ah, and then oh, <laughs> it's just you, not you know a fucking ah, terror-inducing white sheet. I'm scarred for life now. Yeah, just tell them she's trying to kill me. She's come in here to. She said she's going to kill me. That's why I'm screaming. That's why I'm still screaming. I'd, I would just fucking love to see the two staff talk to each other after the crazy bitch. Uh, talking about crazy people, the psychiatrist has got a cane sword. Which, what the fuck, mate? Yeah. That's not legal so, in any way, so shape, Alice or form. Like, I, I want to get a gun because I need to be able to protect myself. And then she goes, because the psychiatrist is like, well, I'll go talk to her anyway. Alice went, um, maybe you should take a weapon with you. And he's like, got my trusty cane sword. <laughs> what psychiatrist has that? How can you trust him ever again? Got my trusty cane sword that I've slaughtered fucking patients with in past. Skewered them, but kebabbed the pricks by the hundreds. This per- pervert who goes to kiss his fucking patients and has a cane sword lying around. 
the worst psychiatrist ever. Gets killed by her as well. Um, doesn't really put much of a fight. Yeah, because Alice uh, basically spirals out of control now. Not Alice, sorry, Irina basically spirals out of control. As Oliver leaves her for uh, Alice. And Irina tells him to fuck off and he says, You're acting like a crazy person. I only left you and cheated on you. Yeah. Stop asking me you. to leave, crazy woman. And I, another like slight tangent on something that's just fascinating. Because there's a scene in this where he's talking to his friend, the psychiatrist, Oliver, and going over uh, what they're going to do, strategies. He says, you know, have you can have her institutionalised, but it's going to be a pain in the ass for you. What I do is annul your marriage, which is obviously if you haven't slept with someone, you can annul a marriage, uh, which just cancels it, basically. It's not divorce. Divorce is ending it. It's a lot easier, a lot more succinct. Uh, but yeah, he, there's a quote that I just laughed my ass off at. It's like, I assumed that it was a load of bollocks, which is you can't divorce her because she's insane. Um, I looked into it after the fact, and lo and behold... <laughs> Like in law, before 1956, when it was put into law, you could not divorce a person on grounds of insanity. Like if if they were mad, that's it. You're fucking stuck with them. Genuinely, just like fucking ripe for abuse. You can't divorce me. I'm a schizophrenic psychopath. <laughs> you. Can't divorce me. I've got bipolar disorder. I crashed a car into it. I killed our son. You can't divorce me. I'm mentally insane. What fucking law is this? Why was that not added like decades before this? It seems like the first thing I would say if your partner is crazy, you can leave them. That's fine. Oh, fuck me. Yeah, uh, anyone's interested in the law of that, 1956? He can now divorce people who are crazy. Uh, yeah, Irina is fucking mental, and it, it, she's a bit rubbish at being insane. Like, she fights with the psychiatrist, kills her, kills him, which, rightly so, um, and then just chases her husband in a really rubbish way. Like he, he, she could kill him at any point during these points, during these parts. He's not got a weapon for most of it. He has a cross in front of him. Yeah, which to some, for yeah. some reason works. Yeah, I think it's meant to be something about King John. Are cat people vampires. <laughs> They'd be more interesting if they were. I think it's something about King John of Serbia and religion because they were Satanists, cat people. She mentions at some point. So it's it's reminding her of your humanity or some shit. Rather than the uh, Mamelukes who went around fucking bashing people over the head. But fucking... Praise Satan. So the, the psychiatrist's dead at this point. But... Yeah. He somehow managed to put up enough of a fight that his cane sword had snapped inside the cat person or the cat body. Yeah. 
And then when um, Arena turns back into herself, she's kind of like hunchback or something. She's like injured she's from it. Classic theatre, old theatre style injured. She is unwell. She's got a vague stammer to her speech. Yeah. Sauntering about. Doing pretty well, actually, for a woman with a sword in her. Yeah. She manages to walk all the way to the fucking zoo. I just want to really quickly like touch on the actual psychiatrist. When he dies, the police don't get called for a while. And everyone's standing about. For one, his mates don't give a fuck about him. And immediately go, oh, he's dead. We should look for Irina. There's no mourning period. Or if it was, the mourning period of a fucking mayfly, it's over in seconds. And the, the fucking maid is like poking him with a stick. He did just try to make out with the dude's ex-wife, which he hadn't divorced yet. I mean, he cheated okay. on her, so he doesn't really get a say in who she... We can't fucking divorce her, she's insane. Oh, she think she sorts that out for him anyway. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, finishing it off, her suicide by panther, as we say, killed by the panther, and the panther's killed by a car. Yeah, the, the panther kind of just jumps on her shoulder... And jumps over her back and then... Oh, it was, it was so disappointing. Yeah. I was hoping at least for like a... You know those, scenes, those shots from Birdemic? You said that? Yeah. Where the bird like flies past and um, with its talons fucking... Like, yeah. And the cuts a person's like a... throat open. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was hoping for that <laughs> at the very least. Like it fly past the screen, some dummy. A dead taxidermied panther. They just throw it in a horizontal position, and then you cut to her with a throat slit. I have to do something. But no, it just like steps on her, and she decides to die. And then the panther gets fucking run over. Yeah, poor panther. In a really shit cage. Poor Awful janitor. conditions. Like, yeah, poor janitor. The true <laughs> fucking victim of this film. Guy depressed, wants to kill himself. He does everything he can to make it certain. He's kept the zoo open past hours. Yeah, he's clearly he's left tempting the, gate the open. psycho. He's clearly tempting the crazy woman, like, hey, I left the key in the cage. All you have to do is turn in and open. Presumably sleeping somewhere. While this is on, he's just, he's yeah, just I like, close to fucking eyes. I this dude's got, like, the worst life, so he's probably sleeping under a bridge. He doesn't even have, like, a coat to put over himself. He's fucked. It's probably just around the corner and he's just <laughs> running, going, shit, she's opening it, she's opening it. No, I've got it. He's the one driving the car that hit the panther in the end. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, fuck! But, uh, yeah. And then there's a poignant ending. Oliver looks over his dead wife. Uh, marriage annulled. Fairly succinctly there. And he, he goes into, like, what a tragedy this is. No, not really. Crazy lady was killed. He pretty much just puts his arm around his new missus and just goes. Fucks her on the corpse, presumably. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not in the best taste for the poor girl. Presumably, you're going to be the only one at her funeral after all said and done. She has no (laughs) friends here. You, I suppose, the crazy cat lady. Hey, you and those ten people that were at your wedding. (laughs) Which technically were all your friends. The crazy cat lady is going to move to um, the same tiny village that he does in the second film. Yeah. That, <laughs> Bit stalkery. That's creepy as shit. That's like... 
she's nostalgic for Cap. He's probably fucking her on the side. That's what he's cheating on his new wife. Yeah, maybe. He's just got a thing for crazy women that either look like cats or want to be one. So yeah, that's the cat people. Uh, a film that was made because the title was so incredible to someone. Which uh, has aged really badly. Is just bizarre. <laughs> I can't be mad at it. It's not. It's definitely not the worst thing we've seen. It's not the most egregious. It's not lazy. It's not particular. It's not a scam. It's not a studio coming in like the Mummy Five was, like the Tom Cruise one. I'm not angry at it. I will. Yeah, I will say this. This did evoke some emotion to it for me. Uh, what my usual rule is: if it, if I can watch something and be literally uninterested in everything that's happening in the film, then it's it's shit. It's it's not even worth watching. But this even even though none of it was good, it still evoked some kind of thought of like bearing in mind I was doing other stuff at the time as well. But I was still like, okay, I could actually probably watch, sit down and watch this and have some kind of reaction to it. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to forget it anytime soon, to be fair to the maid. To be it. fair, it's I've already so weird. forgotten, so <laughs> I'm almost there. I mean, the curse of the cat people, uh, it's. I want to say worse, less watchable. I, I presume you watch these in order: first one, and then Cat People, then Curse the Cat People. Yeah, it'd be really fucking weird to watch it the other way. Yeah, I did it the other way around. I watched Curse the Cat People. Because I was told it was like a Christmas film, which the biggest false advertisement. Yeah, of the year. that's the biggest bullshit that's ever bullshitted. Yeah, I watched that, then I watched the Cat People, which um. Whichever way you watch them, it, it kind of ruins something about the film. It, you either kill the tension of the second film, or you kill the whole twist of the first one. It's... Yeah. They are a bizarre fucking viewing experience. Curse of the Cat People has almost nothing to do with the first film either, except it stars some of the same people. It has nothing to do with cat people, really. No one actually turns into a cat. And it's it's classified online as a horror film, which is stretching the definition Wait, quite which severely. One? This one, the second one, yeah. Okay, yeah. None of this was scary. Even like by forty standards, like the Mummy, the the first Mummy, the Boris Karloff one from nineteen thirty two, or even Frankenstein. That it's got horror elements in it. Yeah, it's got like creepy old places and. A performance with some uh, level of dignity to it, you know, trying to unnerve people. These are stretching the fucking term really severely. Uh, yeah, I jump in anyway because the cat people directed by two people. Uh, I'll go into it in a second. First by Gunther von French, who was fired halfway through filming for being too slow. 
and he was replaced by the editor who fucking, to my amazement, Robert Wise, who has done films that you've definitely heard of. Uh, The Haunting, The Day the Earth Stood Still, the original. The Sound of Music with Christopher Plummer and the original West Side Story. Yeah, Rob Wise, who's done stuff. Big fucking name. Started on Curse of the Cat People as an editor. Humble beginnings. Uh, <laughs> to be fair to him, I've been told like this is almost entirely Gunther's film and he just finished it off. Uh, written by DeWitt Bedeen again, who also obviously on uh, The Cat People, who, all the same stuff. And then cast-wise, uh, Jane Randolph comes back as Alice, uh, Kent Smith comes back as Oliver Reed, Simone Simon comes back as Irina, and then coming in, uh, first things first Anne Carter who's playing Amy Reed, child actress who, looking into her a bit, <clears throat> because I haven't seen her in anything else uh, she was an actress who'd been in basically a load of stuff when she was a little kid, uh, got polio unfortunately around 1948-1949 and quit acting after that became a teacher uh, her mom was very disappointed, apparently which, I mean, she wasn't terrible in this. For a little kid, she was Yeah, I usually, acceptable, I usually hate kids in films in general. And the fact that I wasn't overly bothered by her was... She was very 40s. Yeah. Uh, very much, oh, gee whiz, good sir. Let's gallivant around the town, skip. But yeah, she as an actor, she was very... Decent, actually. Uh, then, in terms of the other adults, uh, Sir Lancelot, <laughs> his actual fucking stage name, uh, played Edward, who did such films as Zombies on Broadway, uh, The Ghost Ship, I Walked with the Zombie, and he was a Calypso singer. Uh, did a song called Atomic Energy, I quickly just locked it up, because why not? Uh, which is, yeah, it's got a kind of Fallout energy to it. About atomic bombs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And running away into shelters. Which, uh, kind of interesting. It had a nice beat to it. The guy clearly quite talented. And he was also pretty good in this. The the acting, uh, as much as, you know, I know you say that the 40s stuff, it's uh, worse than a lot of the modern stuff. Or at least in a different tone. Because it's quite theatrical. It feels like they're actually just playing actors playing characters not you know not becoming the characters and it being believable I think he was pretty damn good in this all the actors were in terms of the 1940s style were fairly passable no one stood out as being particularly crap except maybe uh, Irina who had a terrible accent See, for a I, lot of it I would have said the um, the butler I think he was good, Edward. No. For me, he was very like, okay, little miss. You should run along, little miss. I, I put that down to like cultural stuff again. Maybe I'm being too generous. Maybe, but... 
I don't know, it just... Like, literally everything that he said... Yeah, no, I get where you're coming from. Uh, jump quickly through the budget box office. Budget, 170000 so up a little. Uh, adjusted to $2.7 million, roughly. I couldn't find the box office. Looked around, but I know for a fact it wasn't very successful. A uh, few quotes here and there to say that this bombed pretty badly. I think it sold, VHS-wise, sold about around the same... No, it won't be VHS, what I'm talking about, video, like home video stuff. Uh, and a lot of the movie was actually jetsoned on the editing floor. The original ending's missing. I couldn't find what it actually was. Uh, all according to Joe Dante. Uh, you can look it up on YouTube. It's a short little clip where he's talking about parts of the film. The guy who directed Gremlins. Mildly interesting. Uh, so jumping into the actual film itself, uh, which is one of the weirdest fucking films or PSAs for child endangerment I've ever seen in my life. Was it uh, a bit of a shock? <laughs> the complete change in tone, location, characters, for everything? <laughs> if, if, if I didn't tell you this was a sequel, would you... If not for Irina, this would have nothing to fucking do with the first film. Yeah, I genuinely don't know what they were trying to insinuate. Like, so about halfway into the film, and I, I know I'm jumping forward and whatnot, but we'll we'll go back anyway. About halfway into the film, it's almost like people are insinuating that uh, the child isn't. Alice's and it's Irina's which yeah it works for guys you can get away with saying it might not be your kid but for women yeah um, it's like gen- no motherfucker she carried it in her womb for nine fucking months yeah I've, I've, I don't have any kids myself you don't have any kids so uh, obviously we're going by conjecture here it's just you know all theory um, so correct me you know, obviously, if I'm wrong here, any women or dads in the audience, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong here. But generally speaking, the mother is fairly obvious because, you know, it comes out of their vagina. It's hard to mistake them. That's just me, though. I might be wrong. I said, let, let me know. Like, I don't think I've ever heard the story of who's the mother on fucking... What's that, Jeremy? Um, Jeremy Spring- uh, Jerry Springer? Not Jerry Springer. I'm thinking of the British one. Oh. Uh, Jerry Springer works as well, though. Yeah. I know who you're on. Uh, just... There was a cunt kind of yeah. more working class than Springer. I fucking hate him, so I F- tried felt to like more of a dick I think than I, Springer. Yeah, I tried to think. I think I actively tried to forget his name, and now I've actually forgotten. I'm like, oh, fuck, what's his name? <laughs> it, it began with a J, I know that. Yeah. Uh, but Jerry Springer like, did some fun stuff like outside of the niche of, is this the father? Is this the father which he like ended up jumping into in the 90s? But the, the guy, the British one, did nothing but, is this the father? Forever. Yeah. And he was always so derogatory about it as well. It was like, um, 
oh, you, you've come in today to find out if you're the father to this two-year-old. And it's the dad that wants to do it. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And he's always like, well, you need to sort your fucking life out, you cunt. It's like, gee, the dude wants to know. Fuck you. Dude wants to fucking come in, find out if it's his kid, and then go home. He doesn't want to be fucking shouted at on live TV by a twat that had cheated on his own wife. They can't even have got paid much of that. Like, hotel, I imagine, given. Restaurant meal, pretty maybe. Much. It was pretty much like, oh, we'll get you the hotel, we'll get you, obviously, the food for the day, and you kind of just Lawsuit have... after you've yeah. punched the guy in the face? You kind of just have to be happy with being on TV for about ten minutes while some fucking twat shouts at you. Give you a restaurant, hotel, and a chance at punching this man in the face. Mate, I'd fucking take that, to be fair. I'd fucking happily punch him in the face. You get hit by a big black guy after, but... Uh... Yeah, I don't care. Uh, but yeah, I mean, despite all that, I don't think there was a single episode of Is This the Mother? It's again, it's pretty distinctly fucking obvious. But yeah, I, that was just a little... Yeah, no, no, it, it, it fucking weirded me out as well. It's something you shouldn't really bring up with your wife either. Yeah. Oh, yeah. our daughter reminds me of our ex-wife. Yeah, it reminds me of my ex-wife. <laughs> That uh, crazy bitch that animals ran away from. You know, the one that wouldn't let me sleep with her. Maybe the one that turned into a cat. <laughs> the one that tried to kill you. Yeah, our daughter reminds me of her. Yeah. Sleep soundly, honey. The daughter's going to, like, pet cemetery and come in with a knife and stab them to death. I mean, she does need help. The little girl in this needs, like, psychiatric fucking assistance. She should be institutionalised somewhere. She is genuinely crazy. Or she's got LD or something. She needs help. Uh, to start with, like, at the beginning... Uh, I don't know about the BBC stuff, but the uh, visuals on where I watched it are actually worse, noticeably, than the, the first film. Or the camera. It's a lot more grainy. Um, especially at least at the start, I just remember it being really bad when it came into it. It might have been where I watched it. Yeah, I think it was where you watched it because I remember it being fairly okay. The rest of it was decent. It's just odd bits. I remember. I remember. I remember chuckling at the fact that this little girl slapped the shit out of another kid because he (laughs) tried to catch a butterfly for her. And yeah, he full- killed the butterfly, the prick. And she full-on fucking, like, pimp-slaps the motherfucker. I would, to be fair. I think he deserved that. It's a fucking butterfly. It's not like he's, like, killed your sister. Like, chill out. Did he, he kill the butterfly, he, the he didn't psychopathic do it, he, didn't do it, he didn't do it on purpose. He was like, oh, I'm trying to catch this butterfly for you so it's not fucking running away. Felt like he gave it to her like it was a gift after and then was surprised when she wasn't happy with it. Yeah. No, I'm I'm fully on her side. He gave the crazy girl a butterfly, killed the butterfly she was going after, and then acted surprised that she slapped him. A girl who she he knows is crazy, that the teacher knows is crazy. <laughs> Everyone acknowledges. <laughs> they they play um like a version of Duck Duck Goose. Yeah. And Amy doesn't quite understand how it yeah, works so because they, they pick her and she runs away. 
yeah, they pick her, she stands up, fucks off into the distance, and everyone's like, well, that's Amy. Yeah, the teacher does a kind of... It does it in a lot nicer terms than I'm going to go, but has a kind of strange girl retard that we're not going to deal with. We're just going to let her run off on her own and play in her own head. It just reminded me that like the whole Spartan ritual of leaving mentally um, unsound children on rocks to be eaten and killed. It just felt like, yeah, let her be captured by some neighbourhood pedophile. We'll leave her and to play off in the mud while we're all doing sophisticated playing. Yeah, I might as well get this out of the way now. Um, just remembered, it's in Sleepy Hollow, all this is set. Which, have you seen the Christopher Walken film? Tim Burton? Yeah. Yeah, I, they have stories the Headless Horseman. It doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, I was like... Is there a specific reason why this old fucking bag is like trying to scare the shit out of a three-year-old girl or six-year-old? It needs to be a horror film. That they try to add that element in. Yeah, but it wasn't scary. It was fucking creepy. I I suppose that goes along with the first one as well, so it doesn't really matter. But if it weren't for that, there'd there'd be nothing horror element-wise in the whole fucking thing. I mean, I suppose you have the ending. which didn't really go anywhere. If yeah, Amy, little different, slaps a bitch. Um, and then the teacher doesn't seem to care either. The dad's a douchebag in this, though. The dad, his, his kid is genuinely in need of help, and the dad constantly dismisses her and says, You just need to play with the other kids. Yeah. Uh, come on, guy. Three years old. Fucking help the girl. Have you ever, ever heard that song um, came out 2016 by Lucas Graham? Uh, Once I was seven years old. Seven years. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, kind of had that. Once I was seven years old. Was it fucking... My dad said, go get yourself some friends or you'll be lonely. My mum said, go out. It had that kind of vibe to it. Yeah. Kind of, mate, I will say, dad is a fucking twat. Just because... The girl comes back, she goes, She actually tries to do something that she says, which, fair play to her, fine. Like, she goes out to try and play with the other kids, and they all fucking leave. They all run away from her and whatnot. <laughs> After saying, uh, the, yeah, she's told to go out play with the other kids. Uh, the kids then look at her, converse between themselves, and then point, that's a giraffe! And she turns around because she is genuinely disturbed. And then they run away, laughing. Yeah. I love how they had to talk amongst themselves to come up with... Well, they are six, actually, what am I saying? They're six-year-olds. People that shouldn't be unsupervised. And then, obviously, creepy old lady throws a fucking ring out, say it's a wishing ring, and fine. Three-year-old, Gives it to a little yeah, girl. Three-year-old's going to believe that, fine. Um, Then the girl comes back home, and the dad's like, so, did you go out and make friends? She was like, well, I tried, but all the fucking kids ran away from me. And he's like, you're a fucking piece of shit. Like, fuck me. You need to get some yeah. fucking decent parenting skills. And the dad's a twat. And the butler is the most useless guardian. Like, she comes back with, like, a gold ring. 
uh, something that's going to cost money, not some fucking Haribo thing, like an actual nice, decent thing. Um, and at no point does he go, where the fuck did you get that? Yeah, get, give that back. Actually, I think she even points it out. She's like, oh, this this lady gave me a ring. And he's like, oh, that's that's nice of her, miss, isn't it? Like, uh, aren't you a grown adult? Aren't you supposed to be like, um, who is this woman? Did she give you candy like... and get you into the back of a white panel van? <laughs> to be fair to the mum, like the mum like, says, give that fucking back. Don't accept... I say to be fair to the mom. No, the mom's an idiot as well because my first thought wouldn't be let's send the child back to the pedophile's house. Yeah. To be fair, she does say she does go. Oh, take fucking Laszlo or whatever the fuck his name Edward. is. Edward. There we go. But Edward can't be fucked. Yeah, and Edward's like, um, can you not see I'm blow drying this fucking boat statue in your blow drying a boat, which is much more important. Now go to the pedophile's house by yourself. Yeah. And. He's just, he's just like, run along. And he's like, uh, maybe, like, I know fucking things are a bit, or were a bit lax back then. But shit, back in the 90s, kids were like, oh yeah, I'm just going to go to the park. And it's like a 10 minute walk for me. But... Yeah, but this is a girl who believed yeah, that a, a tree it, was like a mailbox. It's a three-year-old girl that you've also already said gets lost in her own imagination so she just fucks off to different places. And you're like, she, yeah, she just, just walk to that own. creepy house on, at, the, at the corner of Ross Street, it's alright. Yeah, she shouldn't be on her own anywhere. Just go with her. Take a few minutes out of your day. You've not got anything fucking on. You're not working. Well, actually, they're engineers and shit, aren't they? Yeah. Doing that sort of stuff. Okay, fair enough. They are working, but you've got a servant that can look after her twenty four seven. Get a carer for her. For Christ's sake, that's got to be more important than cleaning your fucking house. This little girl who's. But uh, so going through your notes, the next part is who keeps a picture of their ex wife after they've died. Yeah, I mean, mo- most of the notes are centred around um, Amy and the family because the old woman uh, is inconsequential and fucking boring, to be honest. Yeah, she has a heart attack at the end of the film. It's like an old theatre worker and it culminates to nothing. So, yeah, with that, uh, Edward being lazy prick, Amy pass- trying to pass the ring back, but she can't. And then finds a picture of Irina, the crazy cat lady from the first film. Yeah. Uh, which the wife lay have. Let Oliver keep. Yeah, and the little girl's like, oh, that's that's the woman that, that plays with me outside. And obviously... She's very pretty. Yeah. I felt so fucking weird and wrong. Just... It's very pretty, very beautiful. I, I, I don't know. It's just something about that. It just hasn't aged well, I suppose. The use of language there. Yeah. Like playing house and stuff and all this. I don't know if it's that's what girls did could do for fun. I didn't hang around many with many three year olds. Yeah, uh, I said with the old woman the house stuff. 
this old age actor grooms a little girl pretty much and is allowed to do it. No one fucking stops her, really, or takes it to consequence, which, to be fair, is in keeping with 1940s. you got fucking Savile running around, Cosby running around. They weren't great at this sort of shit, especially for old actors. Like, there's a solid 90% chance that old actor was a pedophile. It was probably well known in the community, but actor, that lever. Just how it was back then. Uh, talking about all that stuff, and this is a bit convoluted, so you're going to have to stick with me here, but Irina comes to Amy as a vision. Um, and then, slightly creepy, asks her not to tell her parents, which, you know, if, it, if it's Irina as a ghost, which is what I assumed to start with, uh, all this stuff, then that makes some level of sense. But at the end of the film... Uh, so the cat woman from the first film who hissed at Irina, she tries to kill Amy because the moms pay more attention to Amy than to her. Yeah, and the, how how it seemed to me was the 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 daughter of the old woman, the crazy old woman, um, was pissed off because she had to pretty much babysit her mum. Who and and the mum hated her and believed she was just some random crazy woman that was saying that she was her daughter. And then basically she was like, the only bit of solid solace in this I get is that I get to watch her die. And then she was out of the room while her mum died. And then when and she blames came, that on the yeah, three year old, blames, blames it on the three year old, and you're like, you bitch, you took even this away from me. Tries to kill the child. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she transposes. He's going to get killed by her, but then transposes Irina over her and then hugs her. And the power of fucking friendship and magic works because we're in a My Little Pony episode. Um, but she transposes Irina over a person, and it's not Irina. It is still the person. She's just crazy and schizophrenic. But the implication there is that she's been transposing Irina's body onto someone else before all this. And that presumably everything that fake Irina has said is the neighbourhood pedophile, Herbert the fucking pervert, coming round. See, I, I don't think that's the case. I think it is literally... She is seeing like a ghost or a vision of Irina out in the back garden. But because I'm trying to tie it back to the first film, when that woman was like, sister, I assume the little girl was like, oh, there's some kind of connection between these two. Maybe she's okay because she's like Arena or Irina in some way. Smells like cat. Yeah. Smells like cat piss. Yeah, she smells like cat piss. She's got, she's got her own kitty little tray in the corner and she's been shitting in it. Maybe, you know, she's like Irina and she's going to be okay. So look on the head now. Human beings like squatting in a corner. <laughs> Shitting in cat litter, that's... You're welcome for that image. It's probably on rule 34 somewhere. Don't fucking look that up. Don't. You fucking do. Don't look up cat people in room for rule 34 online. Uh, might as well quickly like jump over the Christmas element of this because... Christmas do. is over and everyone else wants to hear about that 
you know, for the timing and shit, just to justify this, there was a song back in the 40s um, called All I Want for Christmas is My Two Front Teeth. I don't know if you've heard that one. Yeah. yeah. That was a number one hit. It's it's fucking dreadful. Yeah. If you've heard it, you know. Uh, do you know when it was a number one hit? Mm. Not year, month, or week. Make it specific. Uh, I'm going to say it's like mid-February or some shit. It's going to be something stupid. Yeah, January. Oh, Jesus Christ. It was so popular, it was still a fucking hit in January. And if they're allowed to do that, and if Kelly Clarkson's allowed to release a Christmas song in September, then I'm allowed to do this. (laughs) Fashionably fucking late, as usual. Anyway, it's very on brand for us. Happy New Year! (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the Christmas Carolers... um, who, I don't know, I, I feel like, again, it's a cultural thing that nowadays it's less, should we let them inside and do we just tell them to fuck off or do we beat them with a broom? Like Showing affection to Christmas carolers nowadays is not throwing bricks at them. If they stand outside. Yeah, I think, I think nowadays if someone turns up to your house and starts singing Christmas carols at you, I think you're more likely to put your fucking, like, subwoofer bullshit on and just play like fucking uh, I, I don't know any like ghetto gangster good shit cr- so uh, there's there's some Christmas rap songs out there yeah I'll, I'll just be fuck it I'll be playing Backstreet um, Boys at them a cult 45 Christmas well Run DMC did a Christmas song that's a classic I can't remember the name of it now uh, no, Afro Man well, I just mean that like <laughs> most people are going to be playing like Stormzy at them They'd be like, yeah, do a Christmas carol to this, blood. To be fair, to be fair to them, I, I don't think like mine or your areas are really the best environment for Christmas carolers. Yeah, I think they're more likely to get stabbed in either of our areas. So. They, they get killed. Yeah. Like, fucking Cornwall. <laughs> if anyone just knocks on the door, it's like, I turn up with a knife, like, what? <laughs> You go around Will Rampton Christmas Carol, you deserve what you fucking get. You go around Birmingham Christmas Carol, and you deserve what you fucking get. Like Solly Hole, you you might survive the night without having a bottle chucked at you. But go around Chelmsley Wood or Allen Rock, you're getting killed. Rightly so, you Christmas Carol, and fuck off. Like retail workers have to deal with that shit Mate, for months. It's gotten to in it's gotten to the point where we don't even have people like trick or treat in Windsor Green anymore. Well, no, you get razor blades. I know that was a myth, but you fucking wood around there. Yeah, like I, I, people who've I, ran out of I keep, powdered I keep lollipops on, like, to give, putting coke I keep in. Seen on like Facebook and Instagram and everything. Like, oh, we've just come back from trick or treating, and I'm like. Yeah, no one does that around here. That was always shit yeah, anyway. You're like, probably get... Asking for free candy. Yeah, you'd probably be like... Strangers. Here's a bullet. What's your name? I'm going to carve your name into it. There you go. That's one thing I never... Fucking Americanisms jumping over. Give your kid, who's not a ghetto kid, he's not in poverty, give him a pound, let him go down to the store and buy sweets like everyone else fucking Mate, does. I used to get paid to go to church, it was great. I used to go, there was like a little tuck shop <laughs> at the front of uh, church and uh, we used to get like a quid and back then 
like we used to have like it was like a penny for a sherbet straw so i used to walk out with a hundred of them and i was like <laughs> i was like i was high off my tits on sugar by the time i got home and bearing in mind church is like a five minute walk from my house so i'd i'd sh- i'd have chugged all this like fucking sugar cane and everything and i would have been fucking happy as shit it would have made the last two hours of church great yeah, for you, it'd be miserable for everyone else. Yeah, fuck them, they went to oh, church. I don't know where he is, to yeah, be fair. They're... I'd rather have a little kid going around. It's Sunday and you're at church at six o'clock in the morning. Fuck you, no one's happy at that time. Yeah, I hated Sunday school. It was the most miserable thing around. Yeah. Did you go to Scouts as well? Sorry, I'm going off topic. No, I... Did I go to Scouts? No. Yeah, I went to Scouts. I had a little fucking toggle and everything. I was a little twat. But... Again, they had sweets at the end of it, and they used to get paid. <laughs> they gave me like two quid for that. So I was like, um, "Okay, I'll do scouts." Did you have no friends? I still don't. When you were a little kid, your parents had to send you, like, pay you to go to places. Yeah, because that's the only way people. I can actually get out of the house. Which is what they should have done with Amy. To be fair, in this film, I should have sent her to like fucking meet people. Scout. Yeah. Though she's a girl, actually, in the fucking forties, they didn't have scouts. They don't have clubs for them. They have like marrying you off to local. <laughs> Here's a club. This is teaching you Shit. how to make a proper sandwich and clean the house for your man. You know, as sad as that is, I bet you one existed. Yeah, it wouldn't. But to be fair. I've been told that is pretty much what the uh, girls' version of the Scouts was for a lot of years, for uh, decades. That was pretty much it. It was like knitting and shit. Brownies? Brownies, there we go. Yeah. That's the female version in England. I can't remember what there is in America. It's like I've been told Girl it was Scouts. terrible. It. Like, yeah, for ages it was like just selling cookies and um, knitting and stuff. Yeah. My only experience of it's uh, from like, Phineas and Ferb with um, one of the girls in that, so Girlscape. But that was when they were actual, you know, they did stuff. Yeah. The same as the lads. Yeah. Back then it was, it'd been miserable. And she'd have wandered off and starved to death in a forest somewhere. Yeah. I mean, at, some, at one point in this film, she's literally curled up under a tree. It's heavily snowing and she's just like, this is my lot in life. Oh, these people need to be done for like child endangerment. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, with the Christmas carolers. So, let inside. And then, they're just pricks. Yeah. So, they go, oh yeah, yeah. Bear in mind, I've never invited Christmas carols, carolers into my house. And I don't see why that's a thing. But, they invite them into the house. Give them all coffee or tea or whatnot and then they go can you do it again please because it, w- it wasn't annoying the first time we're hoping it would annoy us this time it's very mutual prickery like the, there's a little kid with the carolers little kid i say she's probably a couple of years older than amy who starts talking about how she opens her presents on christmas eve because they're proper and by proper they mean rich and white fuck off you're Christmas caroling. You've got nothing better to do on Christmas Eve. You have to be dragged around with your parents because you've got no fucking friends outside this and they've got to pretend to you that uh, they take you to stuff. Fuck off. Uh, yeah, 
with Amy as well, back to Mercy of Child Endangerment, um, where the hell did she get all the money for the gifts? Like, she's three years old? Like, she gives her dad a present, her mum a present. Where the hell did she get the money for that? I imagine she just fucking tea leaves. I hope. Because otherwise, there's presumably some other pedophile that's grooming yeah. her and giving her money for stuff. <laughs> just a whole, like, neighbourhood in... Actually, that's sexually that's grooming this she, one little she's girl. She bought a gift for Irina. Yeah, a physical gift, and she puts it on. Yeah, there's another like addition to the theory of Irina's just neighbourhood Herbert the pervert. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is. Maybe she actually is just Herbert a pervert. But um... it takes on a much darker tone if you presume that's what. So the, the way I'm looking at it, and the theory I had of it, it's it's like, um, oh, what, what comparison can I make? People have just made up people. These things exist, right? The theory on the film is that Amy's just making Irina up, and like most of the events, the old woman, the uh, weird cat person, all of them just fantasy in her fucking head, and she's just coping with her being like raped in a fucking back alley somewhere ready to be slaughtered and killed I know that went a little dark but it makes a lot of fucking sense if you look at it through that lens where Amy is just coping with having been like brutally fucking destroyed as a person in a horrendous way and then she comes up with all this fantastical stuff to try to the word um comprehend it to cope D- tell me it doesn't make any sense so yeah um amy coping and all that terms of it, we've gone over most of it uh the only thing i want to really touch on is that it's quite well shot uh, generally speaking like she slowly ascends the stairs as Amy backs off bit by bit and apart from the, the actual like ending ending where the dad comes over and says oh I'll believe you forever I'll, I'll play with you from now on well I can't presumably the original ending the like, one that's been lost to time is CPS coming around beating the crap out of the dad having a go at the mom and taking this girl to a loving home <laughs> no, that would have been too jolly for a Christmas film, so they uh, they made this one instead. But yeah, I genuinely don't understand what, like, any of what actually happened in any of these films. Because I know we talked about it before, where like certain, like they try to rewrite certain bits that don't exactly fit into the logic of like the last film but literally this entire film had nothing to do with the first one it's such a fucking mindfuck to go through both of these things that yeah they, they have no connection between the two of them beyond the cast there's no cat people in the second one well, there is a cat person but there's no cats in it why it's called curse of the cat people I think that's an implication that Amy's cursed, but why is she cursed? 
because it, it, no, it had nothing to do with her bloodline. It's, it's so fucking confusing. Yeah, this this entire film was a bit weird. But would you take this mind-bending, warping reality shit stain, or would you take the Wishmaster's warping reality? Oh no, I meant the entire series, like it going from horror to comedy. Yeah, going from horror to comedy to action to romance. Like, it was that more of a mindfuck than this? These two. Oh well, I'll take Wishmaster one and two over these. Oh, would I rewatch all four Wishmasters? Oh god, yeah. The fourth Wishmaster film was just insane. In terms of sequel to sequel stuff, um, these films make more sense coherently than the Wishmaster one <laughs> ever did. In fact, these films, I think, just about make more sense than the Hills Have Eyes sequels as well. Well, yeah, it comes down to suspension of disbelief. Uh, but, you, you know, you suspend your disbelief as the film purports. You, you know, you, you go, this is the world the film's set up, so I'll, I'll stick with this. And you can judge cohesion through sequels on that. You can go, well, the first film did this, why the hell is it doing this now? Um, and the second film just doesn't. As the cat people doesn't follow on well at all. It's probably still better than a lot of the stuff we've touched on, but um, yeah, I I'll actually give it that. I take a lot back because it's it done an okay job. Although we have spent pretty much two hours trashing it. Um, oh yeah, I'd I'd recommend it. Absolutely, I, I, I genuinely would. It's not a good film by any stretch of the imagination. But it it had a reaction from me to the point where I'd be like, uh, can you watch this? Just can you believe that shit? Whereas, uh, what what did we what did we just end up finish recording? Blood Rain. That was that had literally no reaction from me to the point where I was like, when we got to the last film, I was like, can, can we just be done with this? I'm, I have nothing to say about it. So it, the fact that I yeah, had this much um, to say about a bizarre. Shit film is a good thing. It's aged like milk. It's aged like cat tip milk, cat person milk. To be fair, I think I think we've spoke about as long as both of them ran. Yeah, it is about an hour as well. An hour and ten minutes. It's short. Seventy minutes, both of them clocking in roughly. Uh, which I always appreciate on this show. There are so many new films that hit that fucking two and a half hour mark and so many films that we've had to sit through that clock in at that, which is miserable. These felt pretty short as well. I, I wasn't sitting around thinking like 70 minutes, but feel like five hours. No, the, these really do, like scene by scene, they get on with it. Uh, yeah, I, I would fully, fully recommend watching these two. It, it's like, um, what's the thing where you, you throw uh, stuff into a box and 
lock it away. Time time codes, time pieces. Time, it's like a time capsule. A perfect time capsule of weird 40s horror films that's just worth sitting down and cross-examining. Uh, I'm trying to think other stuff. Would you recommend anything else if of the same tone? If there is a Cat People from 1982, which I haven't watched... Uh, that I've heard decent. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but around this, in terms of women being scorned, I mean, you could always watch uh, Franken- Bride of Frankenstein. For some of it. Uh, probably a couple of werewolf films that just about work as well. That have the same kind of I'm a monster, don't go with me. Actually, what, what I would go for if you want the same kind of consistency of I'm a monster, don't date me and slow transcendence into madness is Near Dark which is a vampire film directed by Catherine Bigelow back in like 1987 um, and The Lost Boys from the same year by Joel Schumacher with uh, Keith Sutherland I think they hold the same kind of tone in a weird backwards way it's not 40s, it's very much not 40s if you want to watch a good 1940s film The Third Bound by Orson Welles watch that yeah it holds the same kind of don't don't go out with me I fucking kill budgies <laughs> granted it's less uh, theatrical yeah. budgie killing than like I fly as a vampire it's a shit superpower cat people I mean, that's what uh, the new Wonder Woman film should have done, 1984 just had. The Huntress goes a cat person, go around kissing people and turning to a tiny sheep panther and killing them. Finish off there. Uh, thanks for watching. Have a happy new year. And we'll see you around in 2022. Hopefully a better year than this one. We've got some stuff set up. We've got two very, very long franchises. Uh, longer than we've done thus far that we're going to tackle yeah we I think we're going to split it into two halves one of them we're going to tackle ourselves because I wouldn't ask anyone <laughs> to go through all of them uh, Steph knows a lot more than me about <clears throat> so he's going to kind of take the reins on that one and then the other one also a bit out of our uh, area of expertise so we're going to grab along, um, I don't know what the term is for like New Mexico redneck. I feel like I'm offending someone. I don't know who. A Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> Have you just fucking like blended yeah. them? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not, I, I don't know what it is, but I know it's yeah, not I know that. It's not. <laughs> it is now though. Uh, yeah. It's going to catch on. Watch. Cheers for listening. So we can see, you can find these on BBC iPlayer. Have a watch or a laugh, and uh, yep. have a good one. Happy New Year. <laughs>